episode of Smart Home Stupid People. My name is Eris Felmuth. Hello, I'm Madeline Siege. <laughs> and today we are going to be talking about spiritual Stockholm syndrome. Yes. Right. We're we're going to get into that in a minute. Uh, before we get into that, I just kind of wanted to recap Smart Home Stupid People. This is the 28th episode. 
right? Mm -hmm. And uh, we've covered quite a few funky themes. <laughs> <laughs> Just had to put that out there that uh, it's it's feeling good. I, I think that we're we're becoming more comfortable with the whole thing. We're we're still trying to figure out what platforms we're going to be using for the future. Right now, we are on. Rockfin, Rumble, Twitch, DLive, Telegram, and in audio form on Podbean. Podbean, mm -hmm. we have just recently been told we have about 150, or we just, like, we got that, they, they have, like, little um, badges and stuff. So we, we were able to reach over 150 people so far mm -hmm. in the live stream alone, and that's nice. So people are, are coming in, they're asking questions, they're taking part of the show, they're interested. Yeah. Um, Rockfin is amazing. We got, we got over 2,000 followers already on Rockfin, and we've only been active since summer, mm -hmm. right? Um, Rumble? Eh, I don't know. Like, it's... I'm not. I, we might cancel Rumble just to put that out there. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. It's like I, I think we'll still be loading a few videos up there, but it's a good chance we're gonna just cancel that. Uh, Twitch and DLive. We are smart home slow people on <laughs> Twitch and DLive because uh, Twitch doesn't like stupid people. So for that reason, uh, they only respect slow people. <laughs> Therefore, we are smart home slow people on Twitch and DLive. But if you type in Smart home, stupid people, you will find us regardless. It's it's easy going. Telegram. Telegram has been also fantastic. Mm -hmm. it, I'm really surprised with Telegram. It's it's like this, uh, it's like WhatsApp, but a great alternative to it. You could have channels, you could have chats, uh, you could make it so that you can live stream into the channels and you could listen to it completely mm -hmm. independently from the phone on your computer without having to always sign in with stupid QR codes and shit like that. That's funky. Yep. I like it. Um, Podbean, same thing. We, uh, we're always live on Podbean. So for all of you guys listening on the Podbean platform, you can call in. And for all of you listening in Telegram, you could also tell us, hey, we'd like to call in and we'll bring you into the show. Mm -hmm. Actually calling in on uh, Podbean, I've never tested that. Maybe that's something we can do in the, in the near future. So um, that being said, we're also, we're, we're a fully fledged podcast. We're on every major podcast platform out there. Go check us out. Listen to us in the car and uh, <laughs> join the, ch uh, the 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 Telegram chat and and write us messages while you're listening or between shows so you can tell us what you think and what you think uh, we should be talking about mm -hmm. and call in become active you know if you guys want to want if you don't like what we're talking about tell us I think this is an important thing is we we don't care really about that idea of safe spaces <laughs> <laughs> I think that uh, the, the the universe is not a safe space in uh, in respects to our feelings and emotions I think these are things that need to be challenged once in a while or else mm -hmm. we kind of get carried away yeah and uh, things like spiritual reality check that's yeah. right things like <laughs> spiritual Stockholm syndrome can become more and more reality mm. so let's jump into it Maddie okay what is Stockholm syndrome I'll, I'll go into that. Well, yeah, we, you'll explain you, that you, one. You can I'll do the spiritual the part. How's oh, okay. that sound? Okay. That sounds good. So what is Stockholm Syndrome? Stockholm Syndrome, uh, it, it it got this name. It's actually called captor bonding. And um, it, it's because it, it got this name in like 1973 when a bank was, was uh, being held hostage by a bank robber. Mm. And the bank robber got his money. He got his ransom. And the people who he was holding hostage um, wanted to go with him out of their own, you know, free will and volition, uh, volition I believe is the word, uh, out of their own free will. They wanted to, they didn't want to go away. You know, once he got the money, they wanted to stay with him. And actually, 
Eventually, he was arrested and he was in, he was incarcerated, and they visited him. Mm-hmm. The people who he captured, who he who he uh, um, held as ransom, came and visited him in prison and and tried to maintain a relationship with him. Crazy. So the idea of Stockholm syndrome, you know, I don't know the full details as to maybe the guy was a great guy. I don't know, <laughs> right? Um, but the, the 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 concept behind it that came out of it is this idea that when somebody uses violence and force in order to um, capture you, mm-hmm. capture your attention, to capture your your physical body, to, um, to, to enslave you. That often cases, uh, we, when we know as humans, we don't have a way out, we start empathizing with our captors in mm-hmm. order to make it easier for us yeah, yeah, and yeah. to make it so that their violence towards us is perhaps um, lessened. Mm-hmm. Right, so that's kind of the 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 overview of Stockholm syndrome. Now, spirituality, because this this is a term that I heard about a, I don't know, at least a decade ago for the first time. Spiritual Stockholm syndrome, and uh, recently I've been um, uh, working on the Freeman Fly Oracle years. Uh, he uh, he sent me all of his stuff, and I'm I'm polishing it all up and getting it uh, get getting it ready for rebroadcasting. So new mm-hmm. audio quality. Um, the 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 Let's just say the the, the low res stuff that we got was hard to listen to, so uh, <laughs> so we're trying to we're trying to clean it up and make it nice. So I've been listening to all of the Oracle years from Freeman Fly from two thousand eight and two thousand nine, and it's timeless. It really is. Mm. It's it's a trip. It's it's so it's it's just epic, and um, that was something that I actually heard in one of those episodes, and it reminded me because I remember hearing it back then too. That term, spiritual Stockholm syndrome, mm-hmm. and for me, being somebody who had left religion. Uh, young, not a young age, but I mean, you know, I was religious throughout my young childhood. And um, in my teen years, I decided to uh, follow, I would say, a a path of spirituality. And I found religion was getting in the way. So for me, this is more of a a personal thing. Mm -hmm. But the, like on, on, on that spiritual level, but I think that what's really important about this concept and this show is spiritual Stockholm syndrome. I think now I'm seeing it in places that maybe we wouldn't really expect it. We talked about this a couple episodes ago when we talked about um, communism and uh, so Marxism and um, consumerism being the the uh, uh, the fourth and fifth branch of Abrahamism, and how um, you have empiric religions and you have natural religions or human mm-hmm. religions, mm-hmm. and how empire is not really there to be your friend. Empire is our captor. That's where this. This is where this. That's where we're going with this show. Is empire is our captor, you know. Um, the idea of being free in this universe to me, it's it's insanity that you can pay off your mortgage on your house, but if you don't pay taxes, you will be greeted with violence. Mm. And that's the idea. Is our captors will always greet us with violence when we don't do what they want. Yeah. So let's talk about that. So now let's talk about spirituality. Mm-hmm. The spiritual side of Stockholm Syndrome. What is spirituality? As an overview, Maddie, what, what would you think? Well, yeah, I just listened to it um, from, you know, different people that are, <laughs> I would mm-hmm. say, spiritual teachers of our days, such as uh, Eckhart Tolle and other people. And I agree that there is there are two different levels or dimensions. Maybe the first is the more physical level where you... You know, you you know, you have a body. Maybe you identify with your body, and um, this is more the 
the you say that um, the level of physicality yeah, co- corporal we <laughs> yeah. call it as well oh, okay yeah. yeah so just just the the everyday life the stuff that you can see feel and um, yeah and then you have another dimension which is more the stuff that you don't see and and that you don't you can't hear it's more the the essence of life that if you look beyond your body what else would there be such as a, a soul and so this is for me spirituality also spirit i think i explained it in the last episode what's the difference between the spirit and the soul a little bit yeah, yeah but give the, us a little recap well as far as i remember <laughs> i learned it in one of my shamanic courses that the the spirit is more the general term of like a, a life essence that is within everything around us, the mm-hmm. the consciousness of the universe, if you want to also call it like that, something that Eckhart Tolle um, says it like that, and I like that too. And the the spirit is, um, sorry, the soul is more individually, like you have a different soul than I have, and it's just an expression of that consciousness. It's an expression mm-hmm. of the universe exploring and experiencing itself. And so this is for me spirituality when you are when you are working with these kind of um, levels (laughs) of consciousness where you really forget who you are, you you know, your gender, your age, your physical appearance. But if you look deeper and you find something that you can feel is you are made of, right? Something that Mm -hmm. will will still be there even if your body is uh, long, you know, long time uh, um, left you. Is is that... Yeah. So this is what what spirituality for me for me um, a very a, a, a consciousness that is within everything and that you can experience once you are in the present moment and yeah. overcome your physical appearance. Appearance. <laughs> appearance. No. <laughs> you know your phys- Yeah, your physical. The um, physical. Um, just just overcome your physical body. I would say. Well, and also, um, if you stop thinking, what is underneath the thoughts? Yeah. I have a definition here from Merriam-Webster, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. and they say that spiritual is um, things of spiritual. Uh, well, no, that's, that's not that's not a good. <laughs> well, that's a perfect I definition. Know, <laughs> relating um, to consisting or affecting the spirit in corporal is what they call it, and that's what I was saying. Is corporal is uh, um, like a corp is like your body, mm-hmm. um, and. Uh, Incorporeal is uh, is everything outside yeah. of what I would even argue to say that to me mm-hmm. I've always and this this is the thing is that something when a lot of people have their own twist on what they believe spirituality to be mm-hmm. because spirituality yeah, yeah, yeah. is an, uh, it, it's a subjective thing it's not Absolutely. something that is objective. Absolutely, and it also depends on the level of your own yeah um, awareness. I think you know how far you already got in, in touch with that topic, mm-hmm. what what experienced yeah. um, in that regard. Well, this is what Kierkegaard was talking about too, you know, when he was trying to identify the finite and the infinite. Mm-hmm. People who can only perceive the finite or who are obsessively perceiving the finite are people who have an inability to perceive anything outside of their, of their physical body mm-hmm. and the physical reality around them, right? That mm-hmm. uh, um, in, in that sense, you know... Um, scientific theory becomes fact to a point where it's unbreakable and it's impossible to think of anything past that mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. um after dead you rot after death you just rot there's nothing yeah, yeah nothing yeah. special about uh, about uh, what we were before and after right mm-hmm. so this is this is one of those uh th- this one of those topics where we're gonna do our best to 
illustrate our connection, I think. And, you know, if any of you guys want to chime in and, and tell us what you think about this, uh, feel free to. I know that on Wednesday it's a bit tough. We start at 8 p.m., which is 2 p.m. for you guys in um, Eastern Standard Time, mm. right? But but for us, it's like we're we're already, our minds have already shut off. Sunset was already <laughs> over four hours ago where we yeah, live. Yeah, yeah. And so it's nice and dark outside. And the mind, I think at this point for us, it's like it's awake and ready, ready to see these things. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it's very easy to... Um, be open to the theories and the possibilities of ghosts and spirits when it's dark and you have a campfire going, for example. <laughs> but when you're in the office building and you're sitting at your screen and you have shit mm. to do, um, that gets pushed to the side all too easily, right? True, Unfortunately. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right? And that that actually, to me, ties into this whole idea of what we're talking about today, right? So, like I said, what do we mean by uh, spiritual Stockholm Syndrome now? Now that we have kind of a, a bit of a basis as to what we mean by spirituality mm. um, and, and and obviously the concept of Stockholm Syndrome, um, pleasing our captors, mm-hmm. right? As I mentioned uh, a few minutes ago, there are, are empirical forces and there are human and human cultures, right? Human, even religions, I would call it. Mm-hmm. I would say that the entire Abrahamic line has always been very empirical, Um you know, when you look at the, the the Holy Roman Empire, you look at the Moors. You know, um, you you see how uh, Judaism even spread through Russia. Uh, this was all polit- political, and it was also very um, brutal, right? And for us today, in today's world, it's not really easily accepted anymore that people have their own connection to reality that's different mm. from the general consensus of what a connection to reality may be. Yeah, yeah. And, and and that's why I think it's important to talk about this because um, the, the idea of pleasing our captors is also, it's also important to understand who is your captor. A lot of people don't realize they're even in a cage. Mm. You know, you said this very yeah. well on Freeman Fly. How, what are the steps of, of getting out of the cage? Ooh, <laughs> I don't remember that well, one. First, you, you said, well, yeah, the first thing you have to realize that you are in a cage, you know, and then you have right. to find the, the door um, you, you figure out how to open it, but then you also have to step outside. And I think the last one is to tell others um, how to do it. Yeah. yeah. Well, to, to I think realizing exactly is that it's you're the in first a cage thing, is yeah. the big one. And I think that a lot of people don't realize, well, I, I would add something on top of that now, because I think it's a mm-hmm. great analogy of first realizing you're in a cage. Just because you can't see the bars doesn't mean you're not enslaved. Mm. Um, But if we're in a cage, who built that cage, Mm. right? Who has the key? Yeah, yeah, that's a good question. Who's been been trying so hard to lock the door and keep us in there? Mm. This is what we're we're, we're now getting into, right? Um, Madeline, as a world-class biologist, can tell us a few things about that. Right. So in in the world of biology, mm-hmm. we have, um, you know, bonding. Mm-hmm. We have different animals. Um, some yeah. animals live solo. Some live in packs. Some live in families. Mm-hmm. Um, g- g- tell us a little bit about that because we know um, that when we have positive interactions with people, this is why I've always been saying that um, humans are are, are are creatures of manifestation. We can manifest positive reactions at mm-hmm. will and mm-hmm. and we can birth something out of the void and we can you can have a group of people where everyone's uplifted at the end yeah, right yeah. and so we have this ability to really energize the world and and our surroundings and each other if we choose to mm-hmm. right so um we know that when we have physical contact handshakes touching hugging 
all this kind of stuff. There are there 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 are endorphins and and um, positive hormones triggered and released through our body. So actually, yeah, yeah. Um, positive physical contact is essential to our health and to uh, our well being and longevity through life. Yeah, yeah. So uh, let's talk about that from a biological point of view and what you've seen in the animal kingdom in regards to perhaps that. Well, yeah, as you said, there are different forms of social uh, life. <laughs> you know, it starts with the very um, anonymous so-called aggregations. This is basically when a bunch of animals just, you know, come together loosely without um, any relationships mm -hmm. to each other, such as they are sharing a waterhole or food resources, so mm -hmm. they come together for eating and, and, and having food together. But after that, they they just go their ways. So there's right. not so much social social stuff happening. <laughs> and then you ha have, for example, swarms, like in fish or in, in birds, yep. where usually the individuals are not... There, there is no individual recognition, but they do communicate within the swarm in order to coordinate their behavior right like you know the the fish for example there's a lot of contact through their the movements and their behavior that's how they do it or also chemical communication is part of it and then you have the more complex forms um, with with social groups where there is an individual recognition and that the members are not so easily exchangeable right right so so in this case we're talking about um uh, like smaller um, colonies and Yeah, like and, and families. families. Families would be a very, very big example for that. Yeah. Many mammals live in, in families. Well, mammals the who have... Wolves, a, for example, gray wolves. Okay, and, yeah. Um, yeah, so they have the, the, the parents and then they have the... Well, that's it. Is, you know, in a, in, a, in a swarm or in a hive, you can yeah. replace the workers, but in a family, yeah. you can't replace the father or the mother. Uh, on, a, on a... No. On a, on a I guess... Um, What's the word I'm looking for on an emotional level? Yeah, yeah, it's really it's a high, highly emotional bondings between the different family members, and as I said, with the wolves, they have you know the the parents, and then they have the the very youngs, but also they have the youngs from the the young from the last year, for example. So they help also raising um, the 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 younger offsprings. Oh, yeah, okay. no, that's how it was with my family. My mother is one of 16 <laughs> children. Yeah. And uh, we often say that uh, my mother was like a part of the, the third litter because <laughs> uh, the way that my mother's family operated with yeah. 16 um, children, well, like, so she has, so she has 10 brothers and five sisters. Um, the first, like, you know, five, mm. they were raised by the parents. Yeah. But the second five, they were already begun, they were already being raised by the 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 first generation right yeah. <coughs> so yeah. so they 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 did it like a wolf pack they helped a lot yeah and then the and then the 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 third pack of five it was it was very it was very clear at this point that a couple that everyone pretty much had to leave the house by the age of fifteen if they mm -hmm. didn't contribute it to the house mm -hmm. um, and so the, the 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 siblings that stayed living at home took on the role of mother. Yeah, and, yeah. and and work and brought money into the house right that that was the way that my 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 mother was raised yeah. Yeah, so for example, families. And these families are very often observed in mammals. And I'm going to go and get me a, a wine. I'm listening to everything. And you oh, can okay. hear me in your ear. I can hear and you. And you guys all out there can hear me. <laughs> and I'm going to I'm gonna zoom in on pretty little Maddie right here. All right, yeah. And uh, I'm going to get us a nice honey wine. I but still I'm have listening. a red nose. I can see that in the yes, camera. Yes, you do. Oh, okay. So, uh, <laughs> well, it's almost Christmas, so. So, so, tell, <laughs> so tell us about... Um, <laughs> tell us about... Uh, 
the 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 hormonal side, the, mm-hmm. the the physical side of the interaction between, but you know, like when you when you were talking about the naked mole rat, mm-hmm. this is a, a this is one of the only mammals that's actually um, a hive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Animal. Yeah, yeah. Right. That's a, a a very interesting exception. It is, and what's interesting about it is, is that the hive um, does an ex- it, it goes out of its way to make everybody feel shitty. Mm. In order well, to queen, control the, the hive, specifically yeah. to control birth uh, control. Yeah, so the queen, she is putting the others under a lot well, of stress. Before you explain that, I want you to in a second. Ah, okay. My, I, the point that I'm getting at is that in in uh, this is the idea as well that I kind of already tie together with mm. empirical and human mm-hmm. cultures. Is that empirical culture is built on spiritual Stockholm syndrome and Stockholm syndrome itself. Mm. Just like the hive of the of the of the naked mole rats. Yeah, and yeah. then you have the smaller colonies and the um families that not so much. I mean mm. uh, it, 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 quite a quite a bit, you know, when they go out and hunt together and mm-hmm. they eat together and they take care of each other and they cuddle and they mm. you know mm-hmm. there, there's a, there's a much more dynamic uh, rich emotional exchange. Yeah, I think there also is a lot of trust involved in these um, social bondings mm-hmm. that whenever one of the members is che- not not cheating but misleading, having misleading information or is using the others, they right. eventually find out and then they ex- ex- you know they they push them out of the group because I've seen that with uh, with wolves. In, yeah. in Canada, you get uh, wolves that become lone wolves because they were kicked out of the group. Yeah, because something happened and yeah, so... They stole the food from the wrong person. For example. <laughs> <laughs> That's my fish. <laughs> um, but yeah, like also emotions and yeah, the, these yeah emotions, feelings play a big role in, in animals as well. I think I also mentioned in one of the last episodes where, for example, in birds, the... Um, the goose, if they they live in pairs, and if you know the female or the male dies, then the other partner is grieving, just like we would see it in in different in, in young children, right? So yeah. the same grief patterns that they have and the same stages they go through. So, and as you mentioned with the with the hormones and all that, so specifically within mammals, there's a lot of going lot going on on a chemical level in order to support the bondings amongst the different members of the same group. Also, I think I talked about this already with the rabbits. Mm-hmm. The, when they use their latrines, they create a very common smell because everyone is using it, the latrines, so the right. the toilets. <laughs> and then you can see with the, young, with the young rabbits, they really roll in these latrines so that the what are you doing? <laughs> I'm feeding the cat while I'm listening and oh, okay. I'm up here making the wine. You can hear it in the background, can't you? Yeah. It was like, what is that? It's, it sounds like you, you're making food. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm multitasking here. We're, doing, oh, okay. we're doing this great live stream while I'm actually doing chores and uh, getting a wine. It's Amazing. nice. Amazing. Um, where were I? So, yeah. You, you, <laughs> you were talking about uh, uh, the emotions and um, uh, the groups. Yeah, so there's a lot going on on chemical level. As I said, with the rabbits, they really roll in these common toilets to get the smell into the fur because that is like not only a sign for them that they belong to the group, but every member of the rabbit group, they really... They want this, right? They want the smell yeah. because it, it calms them down. And there yeah. are, there have been a lot of experiments on that, that 
these common toilets is not only for communication, but it's really for keeping them happy, <laughs> well, for for making them um, feeling secure because they're part of the group and it's a, it's 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 a kind of a act of comfort right. that they use the same toilets, which I find really interesting. Well, right? and this is the funny thing because you can definitely already see that people that 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 mammals um, want to be a part of the group. You know, I think it's 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 it's, yeah. it's a part of our actual well-being and health to be a part of a healthy group where you fit into. Yes, absolutely. It's a big, big thing. Also something I want to talk about, this is, I am not so sure when this theory came out from an American psychologist. Oh, I think her name was something with Shelley. I don't know, <laughs> kind of looked it up, but the so-called tend and befriend reaction or yeah, tend and befriend theory. And that was thinking, you know, there there, there could be the reaction to stress as a fight or flight, but there could also be the reaction that you actually find shelter within the group. So you're not really fleeing, but you, you go to the group and you find protection there. Mm-hmm. And also tending means that you are taking care of your young. So you're not fleeing anywhere, but you, you go to the young and you really stay with them. So right. you protect them on that level. And if you can, you can also combine it, you know, you protect your young within the group. And so the idea is that specifically females, they don't fight or they not, they're not fleeing, but they're actually tending and befriending. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are there, there's that hormone called oxyto- oxytocin. Right? Mm-hmm. Oxytocin. <laughs> Oxy- oxytosis? Or oxytocin? Yeah, oxytocin. Yeah. In, in German, it's oxytocin, so I think it's mm-hmm. oxytosis involved yeah. in it. And this is also a hormone we know that females produce when they're um, having their babies, so for a connection to the young. Also the males, actually, they also can produce that hormone. It has a lot to do with bonding and social, mm. yeah, so social interactions. And they found out that specifically in, in situations that are really stressful, Males, uh, females, but also males produce oxytocin in order to find more shelter within the group. So it is actually mm. a big part of the human behavior, but also I think other mammals to yeah. to bond within the group in order to find protection and yeah, well, comfort. What would you say then as well about pheromones? Yeah. Well, pheromones are maybe just distinguish. There are hormones and there are pheromones. Hormones are chemical substances that are, you know, kind of messengers within your body. So they're not really mm-hmm. leaving your body. They're just like... For the internal communication. Yeah, it's just for the internal communication. And then you have the pheromones that are leaving your body in order to, yeah, attract something out of you, <laughs> outside of you. And it usually has to do with a sexual... Uh, well, sexual behavior it's interesting though because pheromones. It's you're right. I mean, it is. It it, it one part of it is obviously the uh, the pheromones for, for seduction, but it's also there so that some people know to stay away from you, right? That that other animals will prefer someone else over you because maybe that other person would be a better pair. Yeah, because their pheromones are more to their liking. So actually, pheromone to me is like. It's a type of communication. It's going Absolutely. out and saying that this is what I am. This yeah, is my yeah. background. Absolutely. This yeah. is me. This is my health, right? <laughs> this is, this is, yeah. uh, right? The way that you sweat, the way that, like you say, that yeah, the yeah. rabbits, they also use the, hor- the they excrete the hormones um, so that the uh, the neighboring, um, let's say, rabbits know who's there and who belongs and what that colony smells like. Oh, yeah. So, you know, pheromones are usually just kind of, usually a, a bi, bi, by part, you say that of I mean, the I, normal physical 
things that are going on within your body, mm-hmm. but pheromones specifically are sent out to um, to change the behavior of someone else around you. You know, it has something to do with a sexual interaction amongst mm-hmm. um, the same species. But you're absolutely right. There's also the the that olfactorial aspect of everything that you excrete. You know, your how you sweat, the smell of it. When yep. you're healthy, you smell different than if you have a parasite or you're sick. And also, you know, when your digestion is working well, <laughs> there are no no smells around you, something like that. So yeah, it is a big part. And as you said, with the rabbits, they use just their normal urine and feces for communication. It's a very cheap way to communicate because right. it's a it's just from their physio- physiology that within the urine and the feces they have you know, just hormones that are released in their body. So levels of testosterone or also female hormones and yeah, the way they smell, the changes when they got get older and also when they start right. becoming infertile. So all these chemicals are are out there and around us and, you know, are really kind of producing a data scandal, if you want to say it like that, <laughs> that everyone and on a very subconscious level as well, you know, just as you say, I can't smell this person. Right. It's, it has a lot to do with it. And also even on a, on a very genetic level, the smell is, is, um, helping to find the right partner in right. terms of you know genetic and diversity and to keep you away from the ones that maybe aren't right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So you know, follow your nose. Uh, my my, so I had an ex girlfriend of mine. She actually broke up with a guy that way. What she she specifically told the guy. She says uh, oh. the guy's like wanting to really get into a relationship with her, and she says, "Nah, it's just not going to work." Yeah. And he says, "Why?" And she just she just said flat out, she says, "You don't smell good to me." Yeah, that's, that's it. Absolutely, a uh, very important her. thing that <laughs> <laughs> right? you should really take uh, take care. And also, I heard a couple stories about women who are on birth control. Yeah, and they don't you know, good. well, that's one thing. But also, then they come together with a partner, and once they you know maybe want to have children with that person, they get off the control. And I realized that now that man smells different, and they don't oh, yeah. like it anymore. Because now they're looking for something else. You That's know, funny. if you are in the birth control, specifically the the pill, you are constantly pregnant. And in that time, I heard it. I think, yeah, it sounds reasonable to me. So that in that time, you look more for someone who is more the protector. Whereas when you, you know, not not pregnant, you look more for someone who's more like the um, like the warrior type. <laughs> I don't know, but it has a lot to do. And also I experienced that in my own life that over time smell can change. I don't know if that person smell actually changed or my perception changed. Right. Because I also, after a couple of years, I felt like, I don't know, I can't smell him anymore. Like I don't like it anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's true. I, I think that there's a lot that goes with that. I think that our body is telling us a lot more um, than we care to admit. Yeah, and if yeah, we yeah, open yeah. ourselves up to it, all of a sudden, it's a bit of like sensory overload sometimes where you mm. realize not just the person around you, maybe what we're doing in life, the the way that we're uh, doing stuff, it's not healthy. And and, yeah. and all of a sudden, we're, once you start to identify that yeah, this, yeah. this smell means bad, yeah. all of a sudden, you take off. 
Yeah, in, in many different aspects. And although our last episode was called, you know, more than uh, chemistry, not, <laughs> or not, not only... Not just chemistry. Not just chemistry. Right. I would say the chemical part of our appearance and our, not appearance, but our existence is a big part that we should not um, neglect. But it's yeah. not everything, right? But I think, yeah, yeah um, it, you can learn so much from your body just by smelling and... <laughs> Seeing what comes out of you and, and all that, right? So well, I, yeah. I know that um, as I get older, my uh, the, the, my tastes change, like my taste buds as well. Yeah. But the yeah, way that yeah. I smell things changes. So there's a lot that's actually adapting yeah. as I get older to uh, perhaps certain things that I should be taking. Mm. I've always eaten very, um, I don't want to use the word intuitively, but... Mm -hmm. um, Really, I've always paid. I, I've never thought too much mm -hmm, of when mm -hmm. I need to eat what. Um, instead, I, I just, yeah. I kind of like. I always have a very large palate, and I kind of always just jump onto yeah. what I feel at the moment. It's like, oh man, this this moldy cheese for some reason tastes really good today. <laughs> and typically, I don't always like that. Absolutely, I can agree that now that I you know made my all in journey, I have the same where I really can feel what my body wants, and uh, um, also I think you know. People like women who are pregnant, they also, I think, realize that when they they change the tastes and also they smell differently or more intense. So that has a lot to do with it as well. Yeah. Hello, Felminator. She says here, by the way, on your last live cast, uh, I couldn't engage because my mother-in-law came over. But I just wanted to tell you, thank you very, very much for everything. Oh, oh thing <laughs> went away. For everything you both spoke about last time because it helped me remind me of what is important in my life. Thank you yeah. very much. That's very nice. Yeah, it, that, that, that whole idea of not just chemistry. I mean, we're actually, we, we, we tend to do this. Hold on a second. The cat is over there getting into something not good. What do you want to? Get down. TV. Yeah, 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 yeah. Put her on the yeah. sofa. She wants to explore. <laughs> she likes to be part of the. So, um, there we go. Yeah, all good. Good stuff. Yeah, that that the. Um, uh, I lost my train of thought right now. I had to do with cat stuff. Um, <laughs> that uh, da, 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 da. yeah. See, the train of thought is just like <laughs> poof, and it's gone. Right, but not just chemistry. Not just chemistry. Not yeah. just chemistry. There we go. Let's see if I can magically swing us. Um, not just chemistry. To me, was the was the idea really of of being able to open up, mm. right? Mm. And uh, in this episode, the reason why I think that yes, now I know where I was going with this. See, <laughs> you have to just sometimes talk out loud. And sorry, you guys have to deal with yeah. like and bearing with it. But anyway, um, we I find that with the way that we like to do this video cast, it's actually really cool to constantly kind of keep it flowing that we we every episode is kind of like a progression of the last one and mm. the stuff that we had spoken about before it's been happening we, we didn't really plan it we we really honestly we we try to as much as possible a day or two in advance get the the topic for the day and maybe <laughs> spend a half an hour before the show to sit down and really kind of just talk about it right because for us it's uh it's um it's a mental exercise, yeah. and it's actually a really cool little bonding thing that we have going on too. To be able to, <laughs> <laughs> she, as she's rolling her eyes, maybe for me, I don't know. I like talking about these things. <laughs> no, no, me right? too. Yeah, yeah. And right. I think that it's it's That's it's a cool exercise to be sending able to, out oxytocin all the time. See, to, it's a cool <laughs> exercise. I think to uh, to be able to take these, I would say, not mundane topics. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And put them on the table and say, what do you think of that? You know. Yeah, I think it's also, you know, most of the people living in, 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 in a couple probably never talked about very deep stuff in their lives. And right? I think it's important. That's, to, cra that's crazy. I know people yeah. like that. Yeah, me too. Right? And I couldn't imagine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, what I was getting at was that um, with this show, the, the idea of 
going from not just chemistry to spiritual Stockholm syndrome. Mm. I think it is it, it, it's such a nice transition mm. because we were originally talking about um, realize like if if you come to that realization in your life that um, the world, the reality around us, could be more than just chemistry. Mm. That perhaps uh, life essence and energy has nothing to do with the periodic table of the elements or electromagnetics mm-hmm. at all, right? Yeah, then yeah. all of a sudden you're you're in a weird place because you're realizing that if that's true and you can feel it, it's not something you'll ever really truly be able to measure using chemistry, yeah, no, no, or electromagnetics awesome. or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. So, and this is where it's it's a bit elusive, right? Mm-hmm. So now it's like okay, you are feeling something. You're, be- you're beginning to believe in something, mm-hmm. but you don't have empirical evidence that you could put in physical order for somebody else to subjectively witness what you were trying to mm-hmm. objectively illustrate, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so now with spiritual Stockholm syndrome, if you come to that conclusion with not just chemistry, spiritual Stockholm syndrome means, okay, well, if there are other people out there who truly believe in that, mm-hmm. but want to control you in, in, in a in a violent and narcissistic way in order to, um, you know, redeem some type of benefit. Yeah, yeah. All of a sudden, they're empowered because maybe they believe in a very big spiritual world, and they're empowering themselves by suppressing others. Yeah. And and so and whether they are or they're n- not, it's let's go back to the naked mole rat for a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, how do they like? What's so special about them? You, this is something you've <laughs> said a few times. Let's repeat that because I think it's it's, uh, it's on topic. They're so interesting, right? Yeah. So the naked mole rat is a mammal. It's um, a rodent, and they live in Africa. I think in, in East Africa, mm-hmm. and they live underneath the earth in kind of a complex burrow systems. Very stressful. Very stressful. It's very hot. You know, not a lot of not a lot of, not a lot of air in it, and so yeah, there. I think well, if let's not, talk, a, talk about the 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 birth control. Concept. Yeah, yeah, I'm coming there. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. I think they're. I'm not so sure if they're the only mammal living in a hive structure, but mm-hmm. probably the the only one we know so far about. The only one, yeah. Of and so they have a queen, and then you have the worker, the worker. Uh, yeah, roll rats, <laughs> the males who are only there for the queen to fertilize her. And so the queen, she is reprodu- uh, she's reducing and suppressing the reproduction of the other mole rats by stressing them out. And she does it by, you know, biting them and kicking and pushing mm-hmm. and just... Being yeah, a bitch. just being a bitch. <laughs> being <laughs> the, mean. If you go back to that episode, I did a nice impression of the queen at that point. <laughs> the, the, yeah, so, and so that's why they're not be, not becoming fertile, the other females, right? Yeah, so, just, just because they're being pissed off all the time. Yeah, and that's that's a big thing. You know, you have to, I would say you have to have all your things together in order, you know, to reproduce. You have to have the energy and the body, once it's stressed, it's it's uh, it doesn't feel safe uh, to have offsprings. That's why it's shutting down yeah. the reproductive system. Uh, reproductive system, and you can see that also with you know humans. Like yeah. whenever females are too low in weight or they have too much stress with exercise and all that, they're losing their periods and become irregular. So that's the same thing happening to these little well, molets. Let's talk about that for a second because um, it, it seems to me like it's it's a basic fight or flight survival reaction yeah. in, in many mammals 
that when the environment is no longer supportive for procreation, yeah. that the first thing, and, and, the, and the, maybe you realize, oh, there's not enough food around yeah, yeah, here. Yeah, it's very violent around yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. One of the first things that we as mammals do, uh, the females, is you, they shut down the, yeah. um, the, 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 the ability to procreate, yeah. Yeah, yeah, wanting yeah. to smell pheromones that would be attractive for that. Yeah. In men, we lose our libido. Yeah, um, yeah. This, this is Fertility. often associated with depression. Right. Yeah, um, absolutely. And, and so now all of a sudden you start to see that when we go back to the idea of empiric versus human and natural cultures, human natural cultures, natural religions, they evolve really slowly mm-hmm. over time with the land and the essence of mm-hmm. man mm-hmm. Um, and the community and mm-hmm. the culture. And, and it's, and it's, you know, it's a very deep, deep process, right? Yeah, yeah. Whereas empiricism and empirical culture is quite the opposite. It's 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 very harsh and abrupt, and it tends to use these tactics, very similar to the naked mole rat, mm. by keeping people depressed and keeping people um, miserable strategically, yeah. Yeah, yeah. allowing them to be happy and fruitful in times where it's um, mm. controllable mm. for empire, mm. right? No empire wants um, a big part of their kingdom to all of a sudden become so fruitful that it overthrows the empire itself, mm-hmm. right? So therefore, it's an empire's best interest to destroy everything that doesn't assimilate yeah, and what does assimilate to control it so that it doesn't overwhelm yeah. the empire itself. And so now when we really, you know, we take that as, as a picture, right, for today and we... We compare that to mm-hmm. what you were talking about, mm-hmm. right? With the what did you call that? The the tend and befriend. Tend and befriend. Right? Yeah, that was that. Yeah. That was that study the from the psychologist, right? Well, it was an idea, right? right. So she and then I think later on she studied um, women and also men in different situations and measured their oxytocin level to see if mm-hmm. that's actually something that happens. Yeah. 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 Oh, look at that. We got a couple of people in the, the chat know. as well. Yeah, it's starting to liven up a little bit. <laughs> okay. Um, and, and so once you really get into a lot of that, you start to ask yourself, okay, well, is it is it um, trauma-based control? Yeah. Right? Because that's really what I'm starting to see is I'm starting to see that spiritual Stockholm syndrome is using trauma, mm. whether whether the 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 empire or the organization or whatever it is is aware of what they're doing that's the big question yeah, i think yeah. in many cases it's true because you know mm. when you meet a narcissist they don't care about you mm. and they know damn well that if they're shitty like that to other people other people submit mm. right and they and they they kind of like they stay that way so long as people submit to them mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and you see that that same practice in um in, in modern day consumerism, mm-hmm. uh, you, when you turn on the radio today, how much of that is just trauma based conditioning, mm. right? It's it's awful. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I I never listen to the radio or the Me TV, neither. and when nope. I'm on a job site and and all of a sudden it comes on, it's unbearable. Yeah, every second like sentence yeah. is is just something horrifying and everybody's in the room so calm and sedated. Yeah. Right? And, yeah, and, and, always wondering about that too. Right? Yeah. And then when they start talking, they start talking about the depressing problems they have in their life. So it's interesting to see there's this link between creating a depressive, um, bleak scenario mm. and people wanting to then relate to their captors. Yeah. 
also, you know, taking you further away from that realization that you are um, what your real essence is, you know, from that yeah. um, spiritual part of yourself. Well, let's talk about um, relationships um, for for uh, survival. Yeah. Narcissism. I also wrote down here um, guilt and violence yeah. and, and, and even um, just the idea of a toxic relationship in mm. and of itself, you know. How do these things... Um, we we like look. How many psychologists and psych uh, and, and um, um, psychotherapists and so on and so forth do we have on this planet uh, that 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 studied this stuff? Mm. You know, it, it, this is well known information to mm -hmm. us about how these types of of, of um, toxic dependencies mm -hmm. get created. It's mm -hmm. very well known. Yeah, absolutely. And and it's funny because all you got to do is walk outside and you see it in every facet of politics. Yeah. You see it in every facet of commercialism. You see it in religion. Yeah. You know, for me, um, when I was younger, uh, it was really, it was actually, now that I look back on it, it's 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 absolutely mental and absurd to think that that's how I was raised. Mm. That the, the same people who were there to teach me about life were the same people beating me and punishing me, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, my first uh, grade one teacher, um, I was taken out of that school and she lost her job because she was smacking the shit out of me and about, you know, half a dozen other kids. And oh. she was just a mean old French lady. Um, who who was just that's how she did things right and yeah, yeah. and the whole time like I just remembered um, her the words out of her mouth was like you're useless you're nothing um, you're never gonna survive you might as well just fucking die like like and I'm like five mm -hmm. right and I remember going home and uh, at that point the school was French. My mother doesn't speak French, but my dad's fluent, so I, they, they they don't even speak the same language. I mean, that was <laughs> the theory was that's why they got on for so long because they never had a very deep conversation to begin with. But the the, oh the truth God. of the matter was, is I came home, and then I would ask um, my uh, my dad, "What is what does this and this mean?" And like mm. we're talking, like I'd be asking him like profanity in mm. French. He's like, "How the hell did you learn that at five years old at school?" And I'm like, "Oh, that's what the teacher's been saying all day." And uh, and so that's where it kind of started. But the point I'm getting at was that this is a Catholic school, mm. right? Very religious. Yeah, yeah. And um, and that's my that's my point that I'm getting at is that um, that my dad was raised by nuns in an orphanage, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it's brutal. Like he never really shared a lot of the details. He doesn't like it, you know. Um, growing up in a foster home um, for him was 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 quite traumatizing because yeah. it was you know you you fall in line. Or you get the shit kicked out of you. Mm. And if you don't fall in line after getting the shit kicked out of you, then you fucking don't come back. Yeah. And but then you also see where, you know, where this, um, what the, it, it does to the, the people. As you said, with that teacher, she probably, you know, didn't know any better. That's how she was treated. I have a fantastic memory about uh, this kind of stuff. You know, yeah. her name was Madame Georgette. And I, and I remember uh, like various details about that. And I was very young. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, um, well, it probably was so intense for you that it was kind of it, really into your brain. Right? Well, there were a lot of things intense for me. It's funny yeah. for me, I have a, a lot of the memories that I have, the older memories, are usually tied to um, something new happening, mm. right? Mm. Um, and, and, and this something new that's happened helps me kind of, uh, I guess it triggers my mind to want to remember it, you know? Like yeah, a, yeah, and probably. I think that being uh, in, in first grade is traumatizing because here you are being given up to um, really caregivers yeah, that yeah. are either brought to you by the government or brought to you by the you know a system, mm. uh, an institution, mm. or uh, a, a church, yeah, yeah. right? And 
you're told when you can leave your desk, yeah. when you can go to the toilet, when Crazy, you can yeah. get water, when you can get food, and when you're allowed to go and play. And that conditioning at such a young age, this is where it begins. That to yeah, me is, is the essence of that whole idea of spiritual Stockholm syndrome. There, you, Here you are from, from the ages of five to 15 years old, forced mm. into this system yeah, yeah. of learning. Um, and it's it's done in such a way where they tell you what's real. Yeah. And if you don't agree, uh, you, you know, at least back then when I was younger, that teacher had no shame in whipping the shit of our hands with fucking books and rulers and stuff mm -hmm. like that, which was actually already made illegal. But she had a little pact with all her other teachers in that school to say, we're just going to keep doing this. Fuck these kids. Right. Yeah, and yeah. and so this, this, this is one of those things where what 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 do you do as a child being raised in this system that they're they're supposed to be the ones to help you connect to reality same thing as your parents you know yeah, my yeah. mom used to slap the crap out of me when i was young too how 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 does that really translate later on in life yeah. when um you're supposed to have respect for the system and respect for your parents, right? When yeah, you, absolutely. Right? I think the only thing is really to see where they come from and to see, you know, that um, this they just didn't know any better. But yeah, it's it's hard to um, to sympathize with that and say, you know, like, well, yeah. Yeah, so maybe I can add to that with... Um, when I had a big reunion with my classmates from that French school, we all shared shocking, traumatized experience of abuse. Um, yeah, it, it's it's funny. Uh, you know, uh, like I said, uh, for me growing up uh, in a French Catholic environment mm. was uh, was very difficult in the sense that I, I didn't, I, you know, I had, have grudges against the language to begin with because it was taught to me as a punishment. Mm. Right. Well, we got someone over here already. And uh, oh, look at that. We have Mr. Tony. Mr. Tony. Uh, Mr. Tony replying, coming in on Rockfin. Hello, Is that Mr. the Tony, Tony we know? That, that's, that's the Tony Papaloni. That's ah, definitely the Tony we know. Tony. Hey, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> so let's see. Look at this fucking sentence. All right, let's see what we can make out of this. He says, <laughs> Aha, I comment and listen at the same time now. Uh, <laughs> I'm a bit better with the former than the latter. So fair warning. I'm just wondering if birth rates in human beings lower in cities than in rural areas has something to do with us living more like we are part of a hive working towards the goal mm. of and it didn't say the rest i don't know is there more the goal of yeah well let's just say that it doesn't say anything more but uh, okay i get that so he said the birth rates in cities are lower than in the rural areas i mean that that's something okay. I, I i know when i was growing up you go out to the amish yeah, yeah, and the mennonite yeah. farms they're still having 15 kids right mm -hmm. uh, maybe two or three of them die by the age of five or eight but you know that's they they keep their numbers up and their farms but in are big. germany is it the same too like i don't know in germany to tell you the truth because yeah, your yeah, rural yeah. areas over here are not that rural right yeah you know but i can imagine so you know like living in the city well he says is here stressful. the ceo is a possible uh um opposed to living in the countryside and being a part of a community but this is the whole idea is yeah, i've yeah. seen i i know this growing up that it was very that, that movie idiocracy talks about mm -hmm. that it says that the people who are interested in high education they don't even consider having their first kid until they're 35 until yeah, well. they're done with their doctoral thesis <laughs> <laughs> like some ladies in this room uh -huh. and, and but it's true right and it's yeah, and, it, yeah. and it's a sad reality because then what happens is you end up with people who uh 
you know, miss the boat or you have people who, yeah, well, it's, it's, it's the, it's it's the way that nature is, right? My, 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 my mom and my grandmother started having kids when they were 20 for, for that reason, you know, and that was normal. And so now, and, but people out in the country, even, um, in suburban environments, they tend to have, um, more children. It's, I, I completely agree with that. Germany, I'm not too sure about that, but I do know that when people in Germany start to have kids, the first thing they do is they go out to the suburbs. Mm-hmm. So it's it, it it seems to me that actually city dwelling is not conducive to fruitful living. Well, it's actually interesting if you if you transfer it to animals, there are a lot of studies showing that animals that live in cities are having more offsprings. Because that's, yeah, it's huh? um it's it's warmer in the city. They well, that's start the early areas are so Yeah, for them it's uh, like you know, they dead. they find don't find food anymore. Yeah. No, sh- no shelter for um, getting, you know, uh-huh. the young. Yeah, apropos, the, the, young. then you really see that also here too, where you see that actually uh, Tony's completely correct on that level. But uh, in the last couple generations, um, all, the, all the like you go to any of the city, uh, any of the the real like little towns mm. outside. Like let's say you don't count the suburbs. You start going into the villages mm-hmm, all mm-hmm. over Germany. There are no young people, specifically in northern mm. Germany. You know, like the same thing as in Japan. Mm. They're all gone. They're all in the city, but they're not having kids. Yeah, yeah. And and I see this now. Like, how many people do you guys out there know under forty years old that have more than two kids? Two kids is population replacement. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Population replacement hasn't been happening here for a long time. Yeah. Right. Mm. You know, I mean, not not replacement, but I mean population like sustainability. Yeah. yeah. Keeping it at the same yeah. level. This is what I was saying about last time is, is that in, in, in biology, the word sustainability is not a positive thing. <laughs> <laughs> that means like stagnant. Stagnant, right? yeah. So, mm. he says, ran out of space. Seems that uh, one can't type more than a certain number of words. I didn't know that with Rockfin. No, thank you for letting me know about that. Mm. So, where do we want to go from here? Let's see what we got written down. Yeah. Um, so, we talked about toxic relationships for survival. Yeah. You know, let's go back on topic. Uh, and and to do so, I'm going to oh shit, I just did something. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna share. I'm gonna share that beautiful picture that uh, we made as a cover art for today because oh, yeah. I want to talk about that as well. And today's not going to be a very long show. It's our it's our it's our uh, Wednesday show. So this is yeah. a, we start a little late. We go about an hour. We talk about some really fun stuff. <laughs> and uh, the, the longer show is we're gonna always do for the weekend, right? Where we start a little bit earlier. Um, so. Nature versus empire we covered mm-hmm. a bit, and I want to get more into that. And the last thing I really want to get into is the idea of spiritual Stockholm Syndrome now presented to us in the form of consumerism. Mm-hmm. And consumerism, I'm going to go over here and share our screen very nicely. Spiritual Stockholm Syndrome. I love this new, this new logo is something <laughs> that I've just recently made. And so you have your typical Abrahamic uh, symbols, right? On the right here, you have Christianity, you have Judaism, down here you have Islam. And then I contest, and I can, you know, I say that, I can, I, I say that Marxism is a, a form, mm-hmm. is a branch of- I remember of, that sign. <laughs> yeah, Marxism is, yeah, you remember that sign, you were raised under that sign, exactly. Yeah, so it was it, always in my passport and everywhere. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, we just found her her birth certificate and and and, and <laughs> what, what did you guys call that that book of that that book of being a good socialist or whatever it was? You no, had, you 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 were a pioneer. Um, yeah, but you had that book where it showed like. Oh well, yeah, you start. You know, you have different two levels of being a pioneer. First, you start when you are. Um, so for you guys who don't know, Madeline was raised in communist East Germany. 
Just, yeah. just, and, and for you Americans until out there who don't have so your history was... lessons up to date, it means that up until <laughs> 1990, it was a different country and belonged to the Soviet Union. Yeah. So Maddie was raised under the Soviet Union. Yeah. Pretty much. But I was six when the wall came down, so I didn't get the whole story. Yeah, well, we still live in East Germany where we are now. And I tell yeah. you, there are a lot of people out here who never realized the wall came down yet. <laughs> well, it's not that bad. but it's I bad think in some each places. Time, each, <laughs> each year when my, my, my parents have birthday and they, you know, like invite all, all their old friends. <laughs> Eris really likes that because it's it's very it's a East blast German. From, oh, yeah, it's, it's, like, it's, it's being, like time travel. Yeah, really. It's being like, uh, you know... Tra traveling in the DeLorean back time. She, <laughs> <coughs> I don't blame her for not wanting... <coughs> what? <coughs> Sorry, I just choked on my honey wine. <laughs> it's very hot and spicy. There we go. I want some. <coughs> oh, that was awful. Now I have a raspy voice. <laughs> so, oh, this is going to stay with me for a while. Um, I, I don't blame Maddie for not liking um, the, the whole... Christmas dinner, New Year's birthday thing, because like both of her parents are like born right around New Year's, so they just do it all in one big session with all the friends and everything like that. And I, I don't blame her because it is it is intense. Yeah. For me, it's like I said, it's you can't pay for an experience like this. You know, <laughs> you, you say you, that. Yeah, this really, is something. It's something you else. You'll never experience that as a traveler. Right. <laughs> exactly. And it's and 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 for them to like Germans are the most um, xenophobic people I think I've ever met. <laughs> <laughs> They're not racist at all. It's it, it, it and, and really mark my word on this. It's not. I'm, I'm I'm not being sarcastic. They are not racist, whatever. But they're the most xenophobic people I've ever met because Germans do not like when their cultures get overthrown because they've had it too many times. Mm -hmm. So they love it when a foreigner comes in and learns their culture and sits at their table with them and listens to their crazy story about like <laughs> being under Stalin. Probably, you yeah. know, they love it. And, and so for me, it was a cool thing is that once I, once I'm at the table, you know, the, the first time they're like, you know, talking slowly and kind of like looking at me every two seconds, just <laughs> judging my reactions to see what kind of a... See if he understands everything. <laughs> yeah. First to see if I can understand their crazy dialect and to, um, you know, just to see, just to feel the, of the situation. But once they realize that, that, that it's all good, then, then for me, I'm like, like I said, I'm in a time warp. <laughs> so, yeah. Each year he so, enjoys it. <laughs> That's Marxism. Hmm. Um, you, were, you so you had that that little passport uh, where it had all of your accolades as being a good little uh, socialist. <laughs> yeah, awesome. So we found these books recently. It's 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 great. She wanted to throw them out. I'm like, you can't throw this out. You can't replace this stuff. Yeah, my goodness. Like as I said, you know, to I her was it's six, meaningless. Like, to, I, to me, it's like this is something I'm going to frame later. She's going to walk home one day, and all of her socialist stuff <laughs> is going to be hanging on the wall. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Right. So um, the fifth. Symbol that I have in there. I love this symbol. This is to me the new logo for consumerism. I made this, and I'm mm -hmm. very proud of it. <laughs> it, it. It's it's a shopping cart like the one that you would have at Amazon.com mm. with the eye of God in it. Mm. How awesome is that? <laughs> right. So not only is, is, it could is, also is, be like a uh, you know it's, it's, it, it, it goes go ahead a trolley for children. <laughs> right and and, and um, the, the so there, there are a couple of things one is that you can buy you know religion and god and stuff like that two the mm -hmm. eye of god is like the eye that's always looking at you this is the eye on the top of the pyramid right mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and um in catholic in, in, in the catholic uh, religion it's uh, it, it's judgment that's really mm -hmm. what it, it boils down to it you know there are many ways of looking at it but it, it, when you look at it in this context it's more mm -hmm. like Digital Big Brother, watching mm. every fucking click you do. 
You know, make mm-hmm. sure you tape up your camera. That, that it, It's it's one of these things. It's like you're always being watched. You're always being monitored. So this is the security state also in a basket mm-hmm. that you can buy. Because a lot of people, they're going out and they're buying Alexas. They're buying these Google things. And everything that they're saying is being uh, thrown into a supercomputer in some other country, mm-hmm. re- processed and sent back to them to, to analyze the answers. Uh, same thing as Siri. new shopping ideas. <laughs> well, my point is, is that we yeah, yeah. purchase essentially our own dictatorship. Mm. It's amazing. When you really think about it like that, it's, oh, yeah. that's, 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 that's clever, right? It's really clever. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, so what I'm going to show you guys now, this is this is funky. I'm going to go back and see if there are any more questions. Oh, we got questions. Hold on. Oh, yeah, yeah. All right, all right. He says, uh, from, from Tony again, um, my point that I was working for a large company with a naked mole rat biting you every day <laughs> makes us less eager to breed. Isn't that the truth? Right? Yeah. Soul crushing. And maybe just as a little side note, uh, the the system can only be changed when the queen is leaving or when she dies. And then the next female, the first next female that becomes fertile, she takes over. But I love that theory. That's why I said last time with the Queen of England, I would have, how awesome <clears throat> would that be? Oh yeah, she's giving me the thing. Okay, I'll do, I'll say this in a PC way. Well, just, you know, yeah, well, whatever. All right. <laughs> we'll just leave it like that. No, we're not leaving it like that. Just how awesome <laughs> would it be? Because, you know, Tony's like me, he comes from a Commonwealth country and I think he would love this idea too. How awesome would it be if like just any broad could just walk up to the Queen and poof, and, and now she, she kills the Queen and becomes Queen? <laughs> How cool would that be? But yeah, we are not. I mean, we you know, would we would be having royal rumbles, you know, <laughs> until the end of time. If this is the way that reality could work, yeah, actually, I don't really know if this happening in the in the mole rats colony for real. Like, if some some of the mole rats things like you know, today I will. I will have a... Um, this is the uh, last time you're pushing me around. Yeah. And she just like gets up and Having bites her a, fucking... How, how you say that? A riot? Out. You know, going yeah, to right? the queen is like, oh, yeah. No, no, it's... Uh, I'll, I'll hit you on the head. There we I go. I don't know. I'll, I can look that up. Look it up. I, 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 I Like <laughs> I, there, I still say, I think that our... Riots I think that our monarchy would have worked so much better if you could overthrow the queen with a hammer. Just Probably saying, not. just saying. Okay, so this this here, um, I had to share this because I think a lot of people out there when they see the eye on the pyramid and the dollar bill, they think it's all a bunch of, you know, Masonic nonsense that uh, that is all just for show. This is the main um, church that mm-hmm. I had gone into in Würzburg, uh, Wurzburg or wherever you pronounce that in English, um, in uh, Bavaria. Spicy book. <laughs> What's this? Spicy book. Spicy book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And uh, my grandmother was born right around the corner from here, right? Very Catholic place. Um, Pope uh, Ratzinger the second, uh, whatever his real name was, I can't remember. Um, the Bavarian Pope. Mm-hmm. He was from this town, and this was his church. And his, this town of Würzburg uh, was is built in the shape of a pentagram. I actually I have that picture too. I just don't oh, have I really it with didn't me. Know that. Yeah, the, the 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 city itself, the book mm-hmm. around the original book. Um, is in the shape of a pentagram. Mm. And uh, they say today that the the pentagram is supposed to signify the Pope's hat because the Pope's hat is a pentagram if you mm. guys didn't actually notice that, right? It, it doesn't just look like that, you know, when you buy uh, chips or uh, french fries from McDonald's, it looks like the Pope's hat as well. <laughs> right? Uh, but oh this is the entrance to, uh, I mean, it looks like a Masonic temple. Like, look at this thing. So this is the eye of God mm-hmm. right at the top, front and center, Right? Um, and then you go into the church. And this is on the roof. Mm. The eye of God. 
again, right? Mm -hmm. And this is, like I said, for a lot of you out there in North America who are used to your Catholic environments, Bavarian Catholicism is like, is very different, right? Like, look at this. This is what a Bavarian Catholic church looks like. Oof. It's gold and marble to the tits, right? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Just saying. And, 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 and so you have uh, way up there, you got uh, the, the, the eye as well. I have another picture of it, I think, from an angle. It's an, oh, these are pictures from like 2007. So they're, they're blurry and they're shot on a crappy camera. So you can see over there as well. This is at the top. They're just everywhere. Like mm -hmm. I said, it's, so this is, this is essentially uh, Bavarian Catholicism, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I had to just kind of like put that out there and tie it together because I think that a lot of people who see... Um, this symbol and they see the eye, they're thinking uh, more conspiracy. And I'm not, I'm really, I'm, I'm, I'm saying religion. I'm saying that the eye of God, as I learned it in French, l'œil de Dieu, is, uh, is one of these things where it's, 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 uh, it's everywhere, mm. right? It's not just in the Catholic church. It's not just in the Bavarian churches. It's not just on our money, right? It's, it's, it's everywhere. Okay. And I think it's, it's Egyptian, right? When we talk about the eye of Ra, and you could even see that in the Bavarian churches that the, the form of the eye is more that eye of Ra shape uh, instead of uh, the, 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 this, the, the eye of the dollar bill, the Masonic eye. It's mm -hmm. a little different. It's got that squiggly-ness uh, to it. Mm -hmm. But uh, this is kind of like the last thing that I wanted to talk about today was... Um, when we're talking about spiritual Stockholm syndrome and now linking it to commercialism, the reason why we t we said that uh, commercial consumerism, the reason why we said that consumerism um, is a viable option for another branch of Abrahamic religion is because how do Abrahamic religions operate? They operate the same way that empire operates, mm -hmm. right? They operate with guilt. It's a toxic dependency, mm. right? They're very violent. The way that they spread their message is through conquering and commanding and conquering, right? Mm. Um, and so on and so forth, right? It's uh, it's a constant feeling that you're being watched and monitored. Yeah, I yeah. think that's the whole point of the eye of God, right? It's 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 a reminder that you're always being watched by your neighbor and by the government. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> you the better do what, what they expect from you, right? And um, now when you talk about uh, consumerism, you hear all of these stories today. It's like if you send money to the wrong person, if you support the wrong cause, if, mm. if you say the wrong thing in the wrong place, well, all of a sudden censorship is huge, right? Censorship and, and, and empirical culture is like mm. attached at the hip. And it's the same thing in the church, mm. right? My, my uncles grew up uh, in the Latin mass, meaning that the, the, the language of the clergy wasn't even allowed for the regular people to understand, but yet yeah, they yeah. were still going there every week, you know? Um, and, and then they just recently changed that, at least uh, in, in Canada and in Scotland and so on and so forth. They got rid of the Latin mass in the 80s or something like mm -hmm. that. So I know the whole religion thing's a bit uh, I, over um, your head, but yeah, I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm really trying to say that the, the, the way that consumerism is pushed today is religious in nature because I see a lot of people who are not religious being religious about the way that they mm -hmm. associate themselves to brand names, the way that they mm. buy things that are eco-friendly, the way that they um, associate judgment to the way that they consume in the way that others do. Yeah, yeah. Just like identification with something, right? So, yeah. let's recap. Social, okay. uh, uh, spiritual Stockholm syndrome, mm -hmm. right? When we talk about um, pleasing our captors, yeah. The idea of losing, um, when I say losing spirituality, to me, it's like losing a fan, it's like losing a limb, 
Mm-hmm. You know, once you felt something outside of mm-hmm. the the everyday five senses, as we as we yep. traditionally call it, right? Um, life, you know, you can't unfeel that. You can't un you can't unfeel having made a connection to reality. Mm-hmm. And the idea of spiritual Stockholm syndrome is that the institutions that we are associated to the consumerism that we are associated to is um, is a form of abuse. Mm-hmm. And the more we practice living in the, the, the culture that is determined for us by these empires and by these artificial cultures that are not human and, and foreign to the human spirit, right? I would say it that way. Mm-hmm. The more uh, the the more we end up in a situation where we are now trying to please our captors, yeah, yeah. in order to live and exist, and and it and it's uh, the the ability to actually go out and um, prosper and 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 build a spiritual life to your own uh, you know to your own growth, yeah, is becoming increasingly increasingly more difficult because of spiritual Stockholm syndrome. That's the way I'll put it. Yeah, yeah. Do you want to say a thing, Maddie, to uh, wrap things up tonight? Yeah. Yeah, as you said, you know, uh, like... Oh, Chris the, Wilson, nice to see you. <laughs> the different stages that first you have to realize that you are, you know, that you are kept in captivity, you know, that there is such a thing as a as a Stockholm Syndrome, that you have been abducted. Well, that was <laughs> the idea of the cage. And, yeah, yeah, and yeah, realizing yeah. That, that now we're going outside of the cage and we're talking about who who is... Who is uh, Who's the one that made the cage? Yeah, and also that you don't need, you know, to to go back into or not even to be close to that cage that you can still exist and you know, maybe even better. This is this. So now this is going into the next episode. Uh, mm. I was thinking about making the episode uh, following this one to be more about intuition mm-hmm. because this is now what that really, for me, what this all boils down to is intuition is, is unfortunately, it's in the beginning, it's like a type of um, faith. Mm-hmm. Uh, in 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 that things will work out, mm-hmm. right? yeah. and if you yeah, approach yeah, yeah. problems with that 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 mind frame, yeah, things often work out better, and you learn by feeling your way yeah. through situations in order to make it work. Well, and because, you stop relying on on yeah. um, your captors to abuse you in order for you to get forward. Yeah, as you said, you know that understanding and that faith within yourself that you are able to manifest everything that you want. And if you already have that thought that everything will be okay, mm-hmm. that then it will be okay. Even though maybe you're in the midst of something and you see, you know, this is not working. Just take it as a step on the journey and not a final decision. But yet, it's just you know, it's just one one step, and they can always you can always change things. And that's something I learned the last year. That whole manifestation. That you are not at the end yet if it's if it's not working the way you want it to. You know, take it as a as a something to learn right. from it. And then if you feel like this is not how I want to have it, well then think about how you want to have it. What would be the best solution? And really just manifest that. Mm. Just sit down and open yourself up to ask, you know, what is the next step in order to make that happen? Mm. Uh, it's like that uh, that old saying, you know, um, fool me once, shame on me. Sorry, what? Fool, sorry, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Mm, okay. Once you understand the rules or once you begin to see the rules of the game, 
you you can no longer fall easily victim to its um yeah, to yeah, its yeah. plays. Yeah. And that's kind of the idea with this show. I think that this is the um the take home message. Mm. Once you realize there is a toxic relationship to your captor, mm-hmm. your captor no longer becomes interesting for you. Yeah, well also ask yourself why what is it that you think you're getting from him or her or that it. you're not it that you're it not getting from yeah, yeah, not getting from somewhere else, specifically from yourself. Yeah. You know? Even realizing there's a captor. I mean, that's what the whole thing was, is that a yeah. lot of people with the idea of accepting that maybe it's possible that the world isn't just chemistry yeah, is the yeah. first thing to then say okay maybe there is something as uh, such as an essence outside mm-hmm. of my body that that perhaps could be me yeah, yeah and yeah. if that's a possibility um the the the, the toxic dependencies that i'm i'm now uh under are mm-hmm. they suppressing that mm-hmm. essence that could be fantastic and if yeah. so is it is it done um knowingly it doesn't even matter at that point because once you mm-hmm. realize you're being suppressed and something a Something that really is like, like I said, you know, the, it's a part of you. Once something a part of you is being suppressed and you don't want it to happen anymore, mm. your instincts come in, similar to a, a parent wanting to protect to protect its children. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how I feel about this. Is I feel yeah. that, you know, you look at uh, the violent ways that uh, that uh, um, you know over the last couple of years with the, the rules, lockdowns, pandemic, and all that shit. Um, th- this is our captors telling us you go back to your cages now. Mm. You know, you come out when I say so. This is not a healthy relationship. And no. it, and it, and, it, and it never will be, right? And it's it's yeah. like we you ever met someone where they kind of like push you away as much as they can and then when it's really time for you're like, you know what? Fuck off. I don't want to have anything to do with you anymore. Mm. They like get nice to you and they start pulling you back in. Mm. Right? Like yeah, I, yeah. I I've seen that with uh, employers. I've seen that. And the same thing. The second you stand up to them, they become sweethearts again. Or mm. the second you tell them you have a problem with them, they become sweethearts again, right? Mm. But it's not cool. No. Honestly, these the, the so. these these aren't these shouldn't be Just. the problem of of the victim. This is the problem of the abuser and yeah, yeah. the the fact that we give them support encourages that to happen yeah it's just manipulation and maybe one last sentence is to what we said you know what is it mm-hmm. that you are looking for in 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 someone else or in something else <laughs> mm-hmm. i think it's everything you you can find within yourself usually it's just as we talked about it in the beginning that bonding and that security that you're looking in with having with other people you can have that with yourself within yourself first to really create that bonding to your own spirit and taking time just for yourself being with nature being with yourself establishing that bonding and you will soon soon realize that you know, you're not needy anymore because yep. you are in a very good place, in a, in a grounded place. You're self-sufficient. Yeah. You know what you can do and what you can't do. And you you have that feeling of belonging because you're connecting to the universe. And, right. um, you know, this is, once you experience that feeling, this is just a magic and nothing else can, can you know, fool you again fool easily. you again yeah and yeah. it's also you know of course it's, um, I, I like also you know shopping every once in a while and getting a new dress that makes me happy but it's not necessary for my happiness and it's That's not something true. that I need every every month but it's just on top of it um, mm-hmm. but yeah you, you gotta find this this inner um, inner happiness somewhere else right 
or as they say in South Africa, in a goodness. The in a goodness. That's right. This company in a goodness. Those were pretty last words. I think yeah. we're going to close with that. Perfect. That very nice. Thank you. For all of you guys out there, this has been another great episode of Smart Home Stupid People. Today we talked about spiritual Stockholm syndrome. Mm-hmm. It's very. It's a. This is. This is like we just touched upon it, and I think this is something that we're going to dive into even further more yeah. in other facets as well in this show in the future. Um, that being said, for all of you guys out there, remember these are our platforms: Rockfin, Rumble, Twitch, D Live, Telegram, live in audio form on Podbean. Um, Rockfin is like our home now. Oops. That's where you're going to find all of our episodes. <laughs> That's where you're going to be able to. Wanna- uh, Always find us. I don't think we're going to be going anywhere. You know, the other <laughs> ones are good. I think Telegram is also awesome, right? Yep, but yep, yep. Uh, Podbean's been good too. I mean, Twitch, Rumble, DLive, we'll see. They might, they might, they, they feel to me like they may be in transition, but uh, we'll okay. see. Maybe things kick up over there. Okay. Maybe they don't. I just, <laughs> I don't know, because that plant is always getting in my ear. It's well, we like... got to trim it a little bit or move them in a way where uh, yeah. he's not poking you in the ear. Yeah, yeah. All right, you guys. <laughs> Take <it> by plans. <laughs> Have yourselves a lovely Wednesday. Yeah, enjoy Rest of your, your Wednesday for those of you in Europe. Wednesday. Wednesday evening. We'll see you Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. At noon, Central, uh, at noon Eastern Standard Time or 6 p.m. Central European Time. Yep. Until then, bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. <laughs>